0: you want to buy some cilantro
1: (laughs) you want to score some righteous mexican herb
0: (laughs) that's got to be our intro for this week So welcome back everyone to the podcast. It is so good to see you all. We are here. This is the we just had the last Sunday of Advent. We're getting ready to celebrate Christmas coming up. And if the guys look at me kind of weird, they're forgetting that we we are recording early before any of that is true. And it's kind of throwing us all off. I I'm am
2: John. I'm not, I was gonna say that's not why we're looking at you oddly. No, yeah, oh.
0: yeah. <laughs> Did you go to the
1: optometrist?
0: Did yeah, you know, these are, you know, know, a, you know
2: Stanton, you know, are
0: those, um, those
1: are those are trifocals, right? <laughs> that's
0: right. I have to go like this. Look at you guys. <laughs> so I'm John and Wade is here with us. Wade, what's going on, brother?
1: Uh, you know, it's a, we're recording this on National Signing Day. So that's a, that's a holiday in, in my culture.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, and I know we're going to talk right. about culture a little bit today. So and just a little bit of my culture is here today.
0: Very good. Well, I'm glad I, we could uh, make that uh, accessible for everyone. And uh, joining us, obviously, is our good friend, Tom. Tom, what's going on in your world over there?
2: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sitting in front of Commonwealth Coffee here at uh, Hemisphere Plaza. And uh, it's, a, it's a nice, cool, breezy day. So if you hear a lot of noise in the background, it's, it's not these two guys. It's, uh, it's coming from me and the outdoors.
0: Ah, so Tom is live on location. Oh, he's out in
2: nature. That's nature.
0: right, All right. That's nature. what we've needed for the podcast.
2: We've needed <laughs> like to be out, you know. If that's what you call the middle of San Antonio out in nature, yeah. <laughs> nature boy Tom Tarver. That's, that's it right there.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, when everybody watches this, they will have gone through the season of Advent, at least the four Sundays uh, in Advent, and so it's still a little bit on our mind. It's kind of hard to not be thinking, ah, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. So, but I did want to offer this to you: uh, world's most expensive Advent. Calendar. Can you guess how much the world's most expensive advent calendar costs? Uh, three
1: point
2: seven million.
0: Three point seven million. That seems like a lot of money, Tom.
2: I'm just. I'm going. Uh, is it the original from the first uh, Christmas or yeah? You know, hey Tom, uh, it's I have, Advent, no, I, man. It's hey, Tom, advent. Know I know.
1: If you're on the prices, Right right now, you should say one dollar.
0: One dollar. <laughs> $1, <yeah>, $1. <laughs> How about ten million
2: dollars? Woo!
0: Yeah, so you, you get to come play the game. You get to come play. <laughs> what is have it? Said Plinko.
2: Seven uh, million and one dollars. And one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so a, an anonymous Swiss clan—that's that's what we're using here—not a family, but an anonymous Swiss clan hired the self-proclaimed Queen of Christmas, Debbie Wingham, to create the calendar. For the family's patriarch uh, who was on the hunt for the ultimate Yuletide gift for his family now there were some parameters for this the patriarch told queen of christmas that they were going to go visit we have a country to visit each month next year and i need a way to represent these countries in the advent calendar and uh, 10 million dollars it includes let's see images of paris dubai new york disneyland uh, what else here? There's a Chanel purse embellished in diamonds, valued at over twenty three thousand dollars. A gold Arabian lamp with diamond and emerald details uh, cost more than eighty seven thousand dollars. It's uh, the
2: story of Jesus.
0: I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> um, it stands almost a meter tall, which is what? That's what three, 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 three something. Teenage.
2: Yeah, a little, over a, a little over a yard.
0: And weighs a hefty 108 pounds made from reclaimed ebony and lacquered in black diamond paint to give it a reflective finish. Tell me, gentlemen, what can we learn from the world's most expensive advent calendar that costs $10 million?
1: What we've been learning for
2: over 2,000 years. We just don't get it. <laughs> but I was thinking the other thing is uh, there are people who don't even blink at $10 million. And I'm going, you need to blink at something else.
0: (laughs) What's the, what's the old uh, deal. There are two kinds of people in the world. Uh, People for whom a thousand dollars is a lot of money and people for whom a thousand dollars is not a lot of money. After that, it really, it's all the same. What else, Tom, what do we learn from the world's most expensive advent calendar? But uh,
2: I was thinking, I don't know how well, Advent is, is preparation for Jesus, and I'm not seeing much preparation there for Jesus. Mm. Unless, about you, that? Uh, unless you kind of think about the Magi who gave, uh, gave similar gifts worth a considerable amount of money.
0: To Jesus?
2: So, yeah, to Jesus. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> but it's not like there are any other Christmas-related traditions in our family or in our churches that have nothing to do with Jesus, right? I mean, this is the only thing. The only example I could find. Right. Do you have any pet peeves when it comes to Christmas season?
1: You know, I, I, I don't think I don't think I have a pet peeve. I, I have a desire to, I think like all of us, to, um, to try to remember what this is all about. You know, I don't really want to fight about coffee cups. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to force people to say Merry Christmas over season's greetings. I don't, I don't.
0: It's a war, Wade. Come on.
1: I, there is no war. Uh, no, we're not taking Christmas back. We stole it in the first place. Um, and, and so This for is me, the war
0: on Christmas, isn't
1: that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for me, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that's influenced the way that I talk about this every year um is slaughter's book mike slaughter's book christmas is not your birthday
2: Mm. (laughs) um
1: and uh you know i I don't know if if it was initially all that intentional but um, we really in our house you know when i was growing up christmas was lavish right and uh, we don't we don't we we acknowledge it and we give gifts but we don't it's not lavish um and just because um, that, you know, I think we all talk, have talked about for years and years that this is a consumer holiday in the United States. It's not really a as much a religious holiday. I mean, and I, 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 I I'm not speaking for everybody, but I think I'm speaking generally for the culture. It is sure. And uh, um, and I, you know, it just it just doesn't feel like anything. That this young baby would eventually teach. Uh, not to mention the fact that, you know, um, this isn't even when his birthday happened. Or, you know, the whole, the whole idea of Christmas is, is you know, we, we get accused of knuckling under the culture a lot, right? You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't follow culture. Um, well, that's what Christmas is. Yeah, it, so. <laughs> from its very beginning, it was knuckling under the culture and really for some very good reasons uh, that were safety-oriented in a lot of ways. But you know now it's become you know we, we live in the culture of consumption, and uh, and this is a this is the biggest holiday in the culture of consumption, and so um, you know the juxtaposition of what happens with Christmas now and then um, is not should not be lost on all of us. Here is the savior of the world, the promised Messiah, showing up in a backwater town as a little baby, uh, while uh, you know. The Roman, you know, the Holy Roman Empire, not the the Holy Roman, the Roman Empire is, is got their thumb on the whole place. The reason people are moving around is because of them and taxes uh, and their sanctioned puppet governor. uh, Here's rumor of this and eventually, you know, wants to kill all the kids in the, you know, of of a certain age. So, you know, it it seems appropriate and and inappropriate
2: at the same time. And the think not only does he want to, he does. The only reason Jesus is spared is because his, uh, his, uh, you know, his earthly father was warned in a dream, take this boy to Egypt. Uh, otherwise, you know, right from the beginning, uh, he was, uh, on a death watch. Right. Yeah. Right. And,
0: hey, you know, and I remember reading somewhere, uh, you know, we talk, we hear about that story about Herod killing the babies and, you know, maybe sometimes in our minds, we don't think about it. You think, oh, man, Herod killed all these, you know, hundreds of babies and a whole generation of babies. And somebody kind of put it to, you know, put it to the test of population uh, statistics. And, you know, the number uh, would have only been about maybe a dozen or so of babies, maybe 20 kind of in that range. And you think, oh, only 20 babies were killed. But then you're like, wait a minute, 20 20- babies? How can you say only 20? and how some of that I mean that speaks to kind of why we need this time as well. like what what did Christ come to do in part to show us the they're not calling me uh, to show us the the need we have for a savior that frees us from these just crazy thoughts like only. 20 something kids were killed maybe uh, because some guy was jealous or whatever. So uh, Wade tells us we need to change our war on Christmas. We need to say Merry Consumption. That's what we're that's yeah, what That we're sounds,
1: you yeah, know,
0: yeah. That's going to be my new shirt. Ho, ho, of, ho.
1: Our Lady of Holy Consumption. <laughs>
0: that's it. <There> <laughs> that's <be>. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the shirt will be coming. Okay, I have this sponsored here. Sponsored by Mardell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's kind of interesting that consumption is not only a way of, of, of consuming, but it also means uh, uh, having, having some uh, illness that is not a good thing to have. So uh, that's are kind you, of are, interesting. Are you
0: preaching? Point. Are you preaching right now, Tom?
2: Well, no, yes, I, <laughs> yeah,
0: Got the itch.
2: Okay. That's about how long my sermons are now.
0: <laughs> so I, I found this in the Wall, uh, Wall Street Journal. Uh, to me, it's news that, that isn't news. More Americans left religion during the pandemic. Survey shows a percentage of Americans with no religious affiliation rose to 29%, while Christians declined to 63%. I, we've talked about this in some manner or fashion at least once or twice in the last 50-something episodes, but does that surprise anybody at this point?
1: I, you know, I think we talked about it last time we got together. Um, not we? specifically, but um, about this idea that um, uh, you know, uh, spirituality, religion um, doesn't have uh, 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 legs without without a heart
2: component to it. Hmm.
1: Uh, didn't we talk about that
0: last time?
2: Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But um, and I, and I'm I'm I guess I, I'm uh, I'm kind of curious because I was thinking and I still do I think in moments of crisis major crisis at least the conversation around uh there's got to be more to life than this and uh and certainly that question was asked among us as pastors within the life of the church there has to be more to being the church other than showing up on Sunday morning and hoping people give I mean honestly that that uh this was a This was a an accounting time right right
0: so uh a significant minority of the population is saying their faith has been strengthened as a result of the coronavirus outbreak but that group the people say uh, their faith has been strengthened is concentrated among those who were already highly religious and so this idea that those who kind of on the periphery maybe Somewhat connected, maybe it was something they did, but it wasn't very important. Uh, these are a lot, of, a lot of the people who are finding themselves content with sort of cutting themselves off from uh, Christian ties, right? And then, so yeah, you're right, Wade. So then, part of that was you know us figuring out now what does ministry look like now uh, that that's true. When you know we could expect I, I saw a colleague. Um, yesterday post, you know, and he's retiring at the beginning of his 30 something year ministry, he could count on, you know, X number of people showing up to a Bible study, you know, in the thirties every week or something like that for his class. And now, you know, it's like, if he can, you you, you don't know, you don't know who's going to show up from week to week. And I had shared a few weeks ago, I put, uh, I tweeted out, man, I really suck at getting church people to Bible study, right? And it's the same sentiment because whatever we used to think we could count on before, that's all gone. And uh, we need to figure out what that ministry looks like now that it's different. So, uh, but you know, the idea that these numbers keep going down to me, that's not news. That's what we keep hearing. That's what we've heard for decades now. Um, But maybe now it's time for us to finally pay attention to what those numbers might mean.
2: So, you know, in all of this, there's, I've always I always, I've always believed one uh, that uh, first of all, you you can't exactly pull God, uh, or or you know, He won't show up in necessarily uh, the right question or the questions people are asking. But I believe God is active. Uh, one of the reasons I believe God is active because somehow in the world I found Him. Or he uh, he uh, revealed himself to me, and it wasn't in a sermon. It wasn't, it wasn't because I went to church. In fact, um, I'm thankful that I went to church, but it was just simply uh, this moment of revelation, and it was purely God. It wasn't me looking for God. It wasn't because I was doing all the right things. It was, it was the Spirit of God active in this world, uh, activated my uh, my. Uh, my first of all my heart uh, and eventually uh, my mind and I think that uh, the the work of God enters either through the intellect or through the emotions uh, but it is when both of those come together that that maturity begins to develop so you know that's why I'm going one is the church is dying if you can't kill uh, what God is doing in the, in the world, because God is God and he is alive. And, and, and we have to, uh, you know, this whole Christmas story is really about this amazing event that, that God who couldn't be seen suddenly appears in the form of a child, yeah. A, yeah. a small baby uh, who, uh, who uh, um, grows into maturity. And at the age of around 30 or 33 is is executed. And he specifically executed, you know, we we can't miss why he was executed. It wasn't because uh, he was doing nefarious things. He was specifically executed because he said that he was the son of God. And that was blasphemy. Right.
0: And, And to your point, right, those of us who understand God's church doesn't go away, cannot be silenced. God's church will always be. What we see failing is maybe our, our American, because this seems like particularly an American thing, uh, the way, way it's shaped today is our American sense of church. That is failing. And that might not be a, a bad thing.
1: Well, I, And I think that what we're seeing isn't exactly the same thing, but it's very akin to what has happened in Europe with Christianity. Sure. Uh, and uh, you know, and I didn't make this up, I'm borrowing this from other people, but, um, our national religion in my lifetime has never been Christianity. It's been patriotism. It's been America. That's our religion. Yeah. And that's all wrapped up in, um, ideas about freedom and power and, um, uh, and, and economics and, uh, our religion is in this country i believe is as much economically based as it is anything else on the whole and that is, is what i see as you know it's you got to keep the main thing the main thing and economics is not the main thing and uh, and so and politics is not the main thing and uh and and i i have felt since i got into ministry and before that um you know, we read in, in Genesis that we were created in God's image, and and I, what I see uh, in large part in the world is uh, is a God that's created in our image, a Jesus that's created in my image that I like, and it's and it's almost always in this part of the world wrapped up in the things that we have, and the things that we can have, and the things that we desire, and the freedoms that are our our birthright, and uh, and the places where we see. The church really thriving or places where they don't have a lot of that stuff uh, baggage yeah you guys so,
0: read american jesus you remember that book Did you?
2: oh i don't think so it sounds yeah. like a good book
0: though oh man yeah it, it's a, it's a fascinating look at sort of the um uh, the the historical way that we kind of get this or, or the ways jesus gets portrayed uh in, in every culture because every culture portrays jesus uh, according to their culture and when you look at exactly what you're saying way when we look at how uh jesus is portrayed in american culture man he's it's not the jesus of scripture man it's not it's not him uh it's this is weird i would recommend that book it's a, it's a great book it's been out for quite a while but um yeah we we have this is a great time for us right because what it does remind us okay if the church the, our sense of church is failing um I think it's great this is like you said Tom, a reckoning now this does something it, it reminds us that there is still a mission of god and it makes us rethink what is the main thing like you said wait uh and what what perfect time to do that as we start uh thinking about uh, the reality of the incarnation coming to the world so so speaking of people leaving the church like on their own let's talk a little bit about like kicking people out of the church Did you guys ever take home economics? Um, I did.
1: I I didn't, but um, I would have. I mean, I like those kinds of things.
0: Yeah, I took shop. Uh, I don't think I had home economics, but I can still tell the difference, guys, between cilantro and marijuana. Does that say more about
1: economics or something else?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe (laughs) about where I'm from. (laughs) 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 I didn't know about cilantro for a long time. Uh, You know, growing up, I don't know that I ever paid attention. Uh, Now, I do get confused. If you send me to H-E-B and tell me to get cilantro, there's a 50-50 chance I'll come back with parsley. Yeah. And that's because they put them, like, right close to each other.
1: All you got to do is smell them, dude.
0: Well, okay, fine. But then they're right so close to you, am I smelling the parsley or am I smelling the cilantro that's behind it, you know? And then once you start putting your nose on things, you can't put it
1: back. You won't be sure about the parsley, but if you smell the cilantro, you will know.
0: You're, you're right. But still, we can all tell, hopefully, tell the difference between cilantro and marijuana.
1: I hope so. I hope so.
0: But yeah. some of us can't. Let's realize that. So I'm going to offer this story to you if you haven't heard it already. Oklahoma woman kicked out of church as members mistake cilantro for, guess what, guys? Marijuana. Marijuana. Uh, this is a the members of a famous church in the u.s i don't know what that means
1: (laughs) it's a united methodist church just so you know it it is a
0: united methodist church which you know doesn't make it worse but as united methodist clergy were like oh man couldn't it at least been a baptist church or something or a free methodist church maybe (laughs) uh they kicked out a woman after they missed mistook cilantro for marijuana uh, marijuana they confronted the woman for allegedly bringing drugs to the congregation however
1: it wasn't woman- a part of
0: potluck or something so uh, she has some uh not pasole. what did she have she had menudo right and as i understand it, i haven't seen the video but as i understand it like she had like other ingredients with her yeah 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 uh, that she would have for Manudo. Manudo was already there, and now she's bringing in the onions, she's bringing in everything else. She but... was not
1: unknown to these people. It wasn't like she walked in off the street with a bag of cilantro. <laughs> hey, she
0: hey. came
1: in with a baggie.
0: Hey, you want to buy some cilantro?
1: Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you want to score? <laughs> score some righteous Mexican herb? <laughs>
0: That's got to be our intro for this week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know. These are probably ushers or greeters who are there. Uh, this is redemption. Well, I don't, maybe I shouldn't say that, but because um, they've, they've had some uh, issues afterwards, which, you know, I guess in the world of uh, social media, that's just going to happen, right? Yeah. So that there are members who are confronting this young woman for bringing weed to the congregation, even though she repeatedly said it was cilantro for her menudo. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Right. What makes it worse for me is that uh, apparently the pastor is, this is like during, or maybe at the end, I don't know, of a, of a worship service and the pastor is preaching, you know, doing what preachers do and he gets called out and he stops his sermon And he comes to join in the confrontation and he's not any more gracious about this at all. So much so that they, they don't allow her to come into the church. They make her leave. Um, Now, since then, uh, as I understand it, the church has put out a a statement that it was a misunderstanding. It was a mistake. They apologized. They I don't think this is the one. Oh yes. Later. The the church authorities issued the church authorities. Watch out issued a statement (laughs) and and watch this now this is just the way this this uh news 18 is 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 uh wording it but church authorities issued a statement and allowed ashley to attend prayers for next week um because they are that gracious um what do we learn about that gentlemen well I i i think
1: it's it i think the easiest thing to do would be to pile on um and and, I, and I'm certainly capable, willing, and, and, and happy to do that because I think, it, you know, there's a sense in which it's deserved. But um, I also know that, um, as, you know, I've never seen anything in a church that I served that was quite that um, drastic. Uh, but sometimes, yeah, and you guys have had this experience too, you get pulled into situations that are out of hand when you walk in the door yeah. or you come out of the pulpit or whatever. and uh, And, you know... I, you know, your first reaction could be really wrong. Um, So, you know, I I don't, I don't think I would have handled that that way in this case. And, uh, you know, I, I, the thing that when I saw the video the first time, it's been several weeks. um, uh, The thing I thought about is what if she had shown up with a case of beer? I
0: don't,
1: I, I think, it might've been different. So- um, How so? Well, I mean, I I don't think we want people drinking beer in the sanctuary, but I I think probably somebody would have said something like, you can't take that in the sanctuary. but You can leave it out here and pick it up when you're on your way out. Um, Where, you know, I think some of it is, um, you know, marijuana is illegal in lots of places still. And so there's that, Um, you know, but, um, when somebody comes into the church, and, and I don't even know if it's different if you know them or not, but um, unless, they're, unless they're somebody, they're causing imminent harm. Right. Um, you know, I, I've had people come in in the middle of service uh, when I was in a small country church. Um, we'd never seen them before. They were passing through town, um, they wanted some help. And they wanted me to help them during this, like, they wanted me to stop the service and help them. And, uh, and we didn't get mad at them. We said, look, that's not the way we operate. We'll talk to you after church. If you guys want to sit down and and worship with us, that's great. If you want to wait outside you're welcome to do that. Right. And we, and we did that. And, um, but you know, for me, and I, I don't know how you guys feel, but, um, if somebody shows, if somebody indeed showed up with a bag of weed and wanted to come into the worship service, I think I would say, why don't you leave it outside? but come into the worship service and we'll make sure that
2: it's still there when you, when you go. And,
1: uh, you know,
2: um, it, it will be accompanied by two officers, but, <laughs> you know, maybe, I don't maybe, know. Maybe,
0: maybe not. Yeah. Well,
2: I'm going, first of all, that seems so unrealistic that, that scenario. In- <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what gonna, I got guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to show you my bag of weed. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, my uh, my best friend in, from high school was smoking, uh, you know, marijuana in the back of my car, and and that that's the closest I've come to anybody, you know, showing me, weed, and uh, <laughs> and it was kind of like I'm driving it, and, and there is that distinctive odor of, uh, uh, of a distinctive fragrance of marijuana, and it's like Bailey, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: put that out yeah i mean Uh, that's 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 a funny part of this story the the odor is distinctive whether it's burning or not
2: (laughs) yeah yeah it's not (laughs) hard the is definitely yeah i was gonna say it's it's nowhere near the aroma but you know they may have been thinking well yeah it's in there but you're covering it with something else i don't know i don't know
0: And all this gets lost is what happened to the menudo? I mean, we're just going to waste (laughs) that. Are we, I mean, (laughs) you know, uh,
1: you know, and and there's this undercurrent of, um, uh, and I think we touched on this last time we got together. Um, There's this undercurrent of, um, you you remember last week where I think John said these people have never been to Mexico.
2: Um,
1: (laughs) These people, I mean, cilantro and menudo are not just f- foods and spices it's part of a, a and you correct me if i'm wrong um john uh, but it's part of a culture and uh, and you know I, I find that you know and, th- and that's the probably the most different culture that i'm in contact with the most so um so it's understandable but i find that um when i started realizing um sort of the the cultural differences or, or melting pots that we had specifically in Texas as a young person. Um, and I started to begin to learn some Spanish. It, it, it became very evident to me that in the cultures, you know, that are, in, that are all over Texas, for sure, and, and they're everywhere in the United States at this point, but particularly south of the border, um, that the language isn't just a language, it's a culture. The food isn't just food, it's, it's culture. Um, that artwork that we talked about last time we were together it's not it doesn't mean anything other than uh, uh, expressing culture in a particular way and, and sure. so I think as much as anything what happened here isn't about cilantro or marijuana or what's illegal and what's not legal it, I think it was about just not understanding each other's culture in, in some in, on some level.
0: I, I can affirm that you know I grew up in Galveston and you know I'm I'm half and half, like sh- literally straight down the line, you know. Uh, um, and on my dad's side, you know, we're Hispanic and we have all of that. And I grew up with that and that's fine. Then we moved to the Valley uh, after we got married and moving to the Valley was a culture shock for me right? Yeah. <laughs> because it is, it, it, it's, 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 it's different. It's totally different level. Uh, I can remember being in the Valley and I was still young. Uh, I still have, you know, beady eyes and, you know, Uh, I don't know what kind of hair style I had. then. I can remember being in a big church, probably like this one. And I've told the story before that I'm sitting here and Gloria's sitting next to me. And then there's an older woman uh, sitting kind of close to me. And we came in later and sat down in between the woman and me is her purse. And I can just, I can see her. I still see it. She kind of looked over and very discreetly just kind of went over like this and grabbed her purse and brought it to the other side. and you know that's that's not just culture that's you know having some assumptions about somebody who looks a certain way uh too and i also want to affirm you know uh, way exactly I, I don't want to pile on this church um but i think it's we all make mistakes don't we mm-hmm. right maybe we've never made something that drastic but who's to say tom you got out made, just in I time
1: never made that big of a mistake on video i know so. right on video <laughs> that's right
0: right uh so yeah we, you know we want to you know um take that with grace and understand that things happen and could things have been done better obviously and so let's learn from that but there's a line in this particular telling of the story that just got me uh again we're talking about uh the the power of the incarnation and what that does for humanity what it means for humanity we're talking about you know how the church our sense of church is is failing and, and what is most important here here's the line that got me Ashley told them that she was a regular attendee of the church. And so I read that and I thought like, I don't know how big this church is, but like they don't know each other, right? They don't know that they belong to the same church. They don't, there's no sense of, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the potluck. I signed up to bring this, right? There's no sense of uh, connection there. I mean, if so, I think things would have been, Different, so I just think maybe in our last uh, uh, several minutes together, guys, can we, when it comes to the the Christian community, like Jesus, that's the main thing, right? But you know, what 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 kind of sense of community is supposed to pour out of that, and and what is, what are we supposed to be able to uh, depend and expect uh, of each other, depend on and expect of each other as fellow believers and followers? of Jesus.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to exactly answer your question, John, but I, I think it would be interesting, although probably not necessary for me, it would just be interesting to know how they handled that in the aftermath mm. of all of the, you know, they got a bunch of social media backlash, um, but how are they? How did they handle those relationships um, after the fact? Um, because, you know, I, I don't think I would have handled that the same way I want to think I wouldn't have. Um, but when you're in you know, being in the middle of worship and having a disturbance outside and then going outside to try to quell that, uh, you know, I don't know that I, I don't, I don't know that I would be my best version of myself. I hope I would, but I don't know that I would. And so um, I hope that whatever I misstepped on that we could, that we could fix. And, and to me, that sort of answer is my answer to your question. Um, you know, I think, I think there's an opportunity for both parties to experience and, and present um, grace uh, mm. to one another. And, you know, I don't know how you do it, but to me, that would be a far more interesting story than this one
0: what happens afterwards right now that we we understood each other we we've gone through the the pain of it and the embarrassment of it we're dealing with the consequences of it even
1: and you know we're we're broken you know we people in the church we're broken people we mess up and 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 to me the hallmark isn't about not messing up exactly Um, it's about how do we how do we how do we keep community together and stay in community even if we come across these valid or invalid disagreements Um,
0: you know? but, but you did answer my question because what you part of what you're saying is, you know, what can I expect of you all, uh, you know, if we're a part of the same local congregation is that uh, you're going to give me grace <laughs> when I need it. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm going to be able to do that for you as well. Uh, as difficult as it might be as much as we might mess it up along the way. Um, but you can expect grace uh, for me. Uh, what say you, Tom?
2: was thinking first of all, that uh, in, in listening to our reading that one of the things uh, that is happening, you know, one of the things that's happening there is, is basically uh, in, in reading her, com- her part of the conversation or experience was, was, you know, uh, basically, I don't do that. I'm not that mm-hmm. kind of person, you, you know, and this, oh, no, you've, uh, you've labeled me. In a way that's uh, that's not right, and the other side of that, I think, is that's at work is we're not that kind of church where you can bring in marijuana, you know. That wow. so we don't want to be mistaken for that, and and she's saying you've mistaken me for that. Um, but that's good, but yeah. the other the other thing that that comes into play in, in all of this is, and I haven't, I've only read a little bit of it. Uh, but I brought with me Well, you know, when I'm in San Antonio, a lot of times I bring a book and I do some walk and pray and, 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 I read and, uh, and I've, and, and the title of, of the book is life is messy. I mean, you can have the right job. You can have the right spouse. You can have the right car, the right house, and still life is going to be messy. And, um, uh, I mean you just can't avoid it in this in this world and one of the things I know in, in my relationship with Ellen life gets messy and we misunderstand one another and sometimes there are some pretty pretty uh loud uh you know uh uh conversations usually not in the house because as soon as that starts it's like we've got other people now if you know let's take a walk and uh but anyway anytime that kind of uh kind of tension happens it's it's possible one of two things will happen we will be so mad at one another that we will fall apart or we will go through that messiness and at the other end of that be closer and more mature and and have a healthier relationship and I think this is one of those moments within the life of that particular church and that particular woman where, where on the other side of it, I'm, you know, I'm going to start drifting away, or I'm going to find that I'm even more intensely connected with this community of faith. And, and, and that's the, uh, you know, all the things we've talked about really, you know, the pandemic, people leaving the church, all of that is, is about this messy middle where I'm either going to come out on the side of healthier, more mature, or I'm gonna kind of, kind of back off and be safe. I don't and protect it. I'll protect myself and let it, and 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 not be vulnerable to you. So those are the things that are kind of going through uh, my mind. And again, it's kind of getting busy right here on this stretch of the uh, of the uh, plaza.
0: Tom, it's okay. We forgive you. <laughs> but but um, I forgot what I was going to say. But, uh, but both, of the, both of what you said is related, that we're willing to figure this out together, right? Um, we're willing to, uh, this happens, and we're willing to say, okay, now what? Because um, we're supposed to be different, right? And that's my point as well. Like the Christian community is supposed to be a different community from any other community there is on earth one that is, uh, based on the grace of God, the love of God. And that, that's supposed to mean something for how we actually live out this faith together. And too often we see, you know, somebody gets mad and they just leave. There's no chance to, uh, to reconcile or, you know, or, or we, we speak behind each other's backs or we have things to say, or, you know, whatever. And this, or today, you know, we get online and we say whatever we're going to say. And that's, that's not, I don't know. We have, I think we have a higher calling than that. Um, If you're a pastor there, uh, if this happens to you, does, do you preach about this, something like this, since it's so, you know, widely known now, does that become something Uh, that you use? I think
1: you have to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How how do you, how do you approach that? If you're going to, how do you approach that to the rest of your congregation?
1: Uh, You know, I, I, my hope would be if something like that happened to me and, you know, having not walking in this person's shoes, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the ramp up to that was. And I don't know what the the fallout was, but, um, other than what we know publicly, um, I, you know, I would hope that if not right away later in the day on Sunday, I would really have a come to Jesus meeting with myself and say, we handled, you know, we handled, we could have handled that better. And we still can't. So let's try to figure that out. And, And, uh, and then, you know, I think some of the most powerful preaching that gets done is when we, you know, I don't think we need to do this every single time we preach, but but when we, you know, when, when the person preaching can sit up there and go, you know, I, I'm, I've done some, you know, I've done, I've done some things that, um, I'm not proud of. And, and here's how, here's how we overcame those things to be able to do that in almost real time in your own congregation and say, you know, we're not perfect. And here we had this thing happen and, and we ended up all over the country for something that, um, probably, um, that's probably overblown t- to some degree. Sure. Um, it obviously wasn't handled immediately because I don't think that video would have shown up on, on uh, social media. If everybody walked away from that feeling like they, they had been heard. Um, and so, uh, and, you know, and, and that might, you know, that might be something that the pastor had to thought he could handle on Monday or whatever. Um, so so
0: so but i you know
1: i think if 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 my church ended up on social media like that i think i would have to get up pretty doggone quick the next sunday and say here's what happened here's what wasn't handled well and we need to do better at that because and then tell the story tell the gospel Uh, it's a great you know it's a great parable i think that that the church could live and tell
0: you can almost hear jesus that telling that parable a woman yeah. walks into church with
1: <laughs>
2: a bag of weed. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Tom. And and <laughs> That's minutes. right. <laughs>
0: go, go ahead, Tom, you're about to say something.
2: <laughs> no, I, I was just thinking, and uh, how do you that tie that specifically into this season? Uh, you know, that incident, uh, it, it, uh, you know, how do you create a response that is also, you know, both timely to what actually happened, and and timely to uh, the gospel message in the Advent season. So, um, and and, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, that takes a little bit more uh, of a a deeper approach or deeper, uh, more time and thought. But, you know, the reality is we know, I mean, we know uh, that that both that incident and the Advent slash Christmas season can be tied in because they are tied in yeah
0: uh you said a bit. life is messy and so is the incarnation right i mean giving up heaven to come here to this
1: well and place? i mean that, that that whole narrative right there could be this you know a, a, a metaphorical story of no room at the end you know yeah, uh, there you go so yeah i think it's easy to bring it into this season and
0: do you think that's why Mary and Joseph couldn't stay at the end? They're like, "Nah, you brought <laughs> you you brought cilantro. We can't have that stuff in here, man." <laughs> Bring your weed, but so we draw the line. At we draw the line at cilantro. We're not having that. <laughs> All right. So, I I think that's helpful because, you know, uh, one of the things you you talked to whoever talked before about, you know, sort of our national religion, even when we come around Christmas, you know, Christmas is about family. No, no, it's not, but it does give us a chance, you know, what matters in our families. And if we consider the church to be a family of God, then this is a perfect time for us to, to, to consider and reflect on what we think are our family's ideals and what we are going to um, what we're going to hold each other accountable to as, as a family of God and for our witness. So so good job guys. You did good. I appreciate that. That's, that's good. Like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't want to pile on either. I didn't want to say, Oh, look at this church. No, my good. Cause we all make mistakes. We all, we're just all fortunate enough that cameras weren't going and maybe it wasn't as big or as silly, maybe even as this but there is something we can learn from and uh, about all this. So I think that's helpful. So I appreciate that. Good job guys. And by the time you all see us again, we will be on the other side of Christmas day. We'll be in the Christmas season and we can't wait to celebrate that. So thanks for tuning in, Tom. I appreciate uh, you tuning in from San Antonio and uh, bringing your, your wisdom to us. Wade, Wade, Wade. How do you (laughs) like that? Wade, not Wad. And you know it took me about three
1: quarters of our time together um to finally decide that your glasses weren't a filter
0: <laughs> how's that Is that helpful uh let me see um yeah, yeah let's see. <laughs> so no, it was I, I finally i
1: was like i wasn't paying attention the whole time but i finally saw the the thing going back here and i'm like oh, okay i thought Those are real glasses.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for being so observant, Wade. I appreciate that. And I'm glad you're here. And uh, Brad is out. He couldn't make it, but we wish him all the best as well. You too, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a part of uh, an almost perfect podcast community. Let's celebrate the joy of Christ by celebrating the joy brought to our hearts. So until we can be together again, God be with you.